Hi, I'm Zoe Sekoudis. And I'm Erica Huss. In 2007, we founded Blueprint Cleanse and pioneered the multi-billion dollar cold-pressed juice category. We turned a few thousand dollars into many millions before selling our Blueprint baby in 2012. Now we're back to talk with some of the most forward-thinking experts and entrepreneurs who are not only changing the way we think about wellness, but providing us with the products and services to take back our health. We'll sit down to discuss the trends, breakthroughs, and personal stories behind the brands that are planted firmly at the intersection of wellness and business. Welcome to Highway to Well. Today we sat down with Melise Kalula, co-founder of Well and Good. Well and Good is uh, an amazing resource for me personally. Erica, how long have you been subscribed? I have been a subscriber to Well and Good basically since they were born. Uh, Melise and Alexia, we met way back in the day in 2009, and it was fun to reminisce with her about the first meeting poolside in the Hamptons yeah. um, by our own hand. But uh, I've been reading it pretty much religiously uh, since they first launched because I think they're always, you know, they've got great information. They do really good trend forecasting. Wait, so Well and Good started in 2000 and 2009 nine so a couple of years after blueprint and i we kind of grew up together yeah it yeah. was nice i mean well and good and blueprint you know we go back perfect together we talked about uh kind of being like the ogs another way of saying that is the godmothers of wellness which yes Melissa really, called us the godmother i appreciate that i think it's kind of nice it makes me feel like a little a little gangster I was going to say a little ethereal, but oh. I can go gangster because <laughs> we were. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, you were going like godfather. I was going like fairy godmother. So well, therein lies the difference in our be, imaginations. Let's meet in the middle. It was a great show. Great to talk with um, Elise. Well and Good has come a long way. We cover a lot of good stuff. We talk about their journey from startup to acquisition. Um, they were recently acquired, which is a big, big deal. And they're staying on to, to run the show. And they're really happy with their partners, which I think is a nice it's a nice story to be able to tell, to to really feel like, you know, you're in good hands and, and you're happy with the direction and the vision that your business is taking even after acquisition. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of people can say that. No, I think that's true. And I think also what I appreciate is that she they felt like they really set out to um, they wanted to be like the New York magazine of wellness, which I think is kind of cool. It's like an interesting way of thinking about it. It's not just, you know, wellness for wellness people, but it's wellness for anybody who's just reading about what's happening in the cultural movement at the time. Yeah, they have a big voice. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. And I think they're up for the task. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> That's what she has to say. We're so happy to see you. We've known you for one million years. Yes. Which is awesome. One million and one. Yeah. Wait, how long have we known each other? Um, has it been? Since the minute before you launched <laughs> Blueprint. Because Alexia and I had like the twinkle in our eye of well and good at the time. And we came to like a press event mm -hmm. in the Hampton. Yeah. BPC day camp. It was. I still, oh, it was at the day camp thing. I think like I knew that's of you, but that's where I shook your hand. We made eye contact. We felt the wellness love. Whoa. We made yeah. eye contact and then we made kale salad. And, you know, I still make that kale salad. <laughs> I honestly, you can read about eight interviews of me 
out there in the interwebs about how I make that. And I've customized it like a little something. Well, you have to, yeah. you you have have to, to make that. it your own. You know, right. it was the massaging that really just set it apart. I think those will yeah. blew people's minds. Like, oh, this is oh, the can... stuff that I see garnishing the steak in the cold counter at the butcher. This or is actually something I eat. Underneath my shrimp yeah. cocktail. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you massage the, the hell out of it. At the salad bar. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. No, I think that our brands were wholly responsible for the popularity of kale until like Drew Ramsey came along and gave us a kale day and wrote yeah. this cookbook. I think I yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. I actually remember very vividly <laughs> early 2010, there was a well and good newsletter, whatever topic of the day. And it was basically like, what's the deal with kale? And it was essentially <laughs> like talking about how it had just arrived on the scene in the form of these amazing massage salads. And you're welcome, America. Yeah. God, yeah, we're just going to own that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, so we did it. Yeah. And you were just saying, like, how did it go from lowly salad bar garnish to the healthy food for a conscious Mm -hmm. all hail? Yeah, exactly. All hail. Anyway, but this is not about us. This is about well and good. Let's talk about it. Like 2009, like we have to sort of, you know, knight ourselves if we haven't already been by others as the godmothers of this modern wellness movement, because there really weren't many brands addressing the burgeoning wellness scene at the time, whether media or product or food. And I think that it really catalyzed a whole new way of living in New York in particular. I mean, we started out as well in good NYC because we saw all this happening here. And now, almost 10 years later, it's happening between the coasts. But, you know, we were really stunned at how many things were like starting to happen. And like SoulCycle was just a couple years old then. And like the word on the street was about this place on 72nd Street with the yellow bikes. And people were asking us about it. And media just really hadn't caught on to the fact that this was going to be what people went out and did with their time and like cultural conversation too. Daily Candy was definitely in its moment at that point. So point. how did you... I this mean, point being like what? Two, what year are we talking still about? still like 2009. Right? 2009. Yeah. Still like social media, not, not, not a there. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a thing. Facebook was for finding your friends from high school and maybe hooking up. But I was going to say that where were you guys? Obviously, we want to just hear the origin story of how Well and Good was born. But I mean, were you looking at them as like, okay, here's this newsletter. And now we need to kind of tighten the lens a little bit because there's so much happening specifically in wellness, which they feature once a week or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. It's really interesting that you mentioned them. I think we looked at them definitely as inspiration, aspiration. Like, I think we were also really inspired by what New York Times and, you know, New York Magazine were or weren't doing Mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. It was really a time when I think like the hardcore pubs weren't covering the wellness scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being journalists on the health and wellness beat through a spa lens, we met at a magazine called Luxury Spa Finder. So we traveled the world visiting these healthy destinations and experiencing things like Ayurveda and acupuncture and Pilates and yoga, some Western things, boot camps and what have you. But it was sort of, you know, interesting to us that media still hadn't really been touching wellness here at home. Right. Um, So we were like, if we can be the healthy person's New York magazine, that would be goals. And that's sort of the, that was the genesis when in 2009, we were blogging on like a free WordPress single column blog. Mm -hmm. And we're like, if anybody is reading this besides our parents and a few PR people in a few months, we'll think about building a website. And actually, that's what happened. New York Magazine ended up picking up one of our articles and like pushing it out. And it gave us that vote of confidence to launch a, a site. And we found even though we were 
Well, we put $5,000 in to build this site. So I think everybody should know that you don't necessarily need investment to create a business. There are different kinds of businesses, obviously, that you may need capital for. But in our case, we put $5,000 into the design and technology um, for well and good. And we found that even though we were just covering the New York lifestyle scene, 70% of our traffic was coming from outside of New York, even though we were just writing about the New York Even scene. then? Even then, yeah. Wow. So we, thing. yeah, so we started hustling like, okay, maybe our dreams of just being focused on the New York scene are too limited. And you, we had our wake-up call. We had a wellness wake-up call so like so many of our mean? readers. So how did you interpret that? What did you do with that information that everybody from outside of New York wanted a glimpse of what was going on inside of New York? I think that wellness was becoming cultural currency and that people wanted more access and more information about about this lifestyle segment. So, I mean, we've always covered wellness and its intersections through food and fashion and beauty. And a lot of people have found entry points through those things as well as fitness and probiotics. And Mm -hmm. I think it was having a conversation where those things could be together for women like us who were like, I, I do see it as integrated into my life. But I think what was sort of key, and I think what you guys still do an amazing job of today, and we obviously want to hear you know about the amazing growth and you know developments, but I think you really were able to contextualize it so that it was not only the New York Magazine of Wellness, but it was sort of on par with New York Magazine. And it became in the same way that what we were trying to do with Blueprint was kind of take juicing out of the health food store with the lady with the long gray braid. You guys did the same thing in that, like, this is wellness for everybody. It's not wellness just for people who are already well. Um, this is like your wellness mandala. Like, <laughs> you could really enter at any point, right? Yeah, so you didn't have to be at this certain level to participate. It's literally created mm-hmm. many different doors. So when you started it, you had this sort of the wellness sort of New York version, New York Magazine version. How has it evolved and how is it different today What surprised you about where it is now as opposed to where you thought it was going to go? Yeah, I think, you know, we couldn't necessarily have seen around the corner, but I'm so glad we didn't listen to, like, just do the newsletter thing because we've all seen that that has really changed. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, building our brand on a website was really important. Anyway, so that was just a really big factor in, like, what the product shape looked like. Oh, my gosh. But in terms of the content, that is always evolving, right? We did our first ever wellness trends and. 2010. And um, at the time, it included things like, hey, we're all pledging allegiance to our fitness studios all of a sudden wearing their names, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're proud to display that we we work out and um, and this is where we like to. And like the member of the tribe thing really hadn't existed, I don't think, in American culture before. You know, we hadn't seen people wearing like their bar brand on their shirts or their spinning brand. It was just like a new way of saying like, this is how I identify and it's with these healthier things. So how did you guys kind of navigate the competitive landscape? I think um, the white space we saw was to write about wellness as cultural conversation, even if it's something that you might not do personally, like put adaptogens in your coffee or mushrooms in your coffee. It's kind of cool to know what's going on there and just talk to friends about it at a dinner party. So it's how we used to talk about books and theater, like, oh, I haven't read that. Is that good? What's that like? And now women talk about their fitness instructors. And um, so I think that that was a big part of it. And so I think to be talking about things that affect your health, you should have a really serious layer of journalistic credibility Mm -hmm. behind you. 
by interviewing experts and getting, you know, um, neutral parties to comment on that. And I think when you produce content that way, it comes out, you know, much differently than if you just say these are the best five things that, you know, this one person in her opinion, likes. Right. Um, I think that's a part of it. I think surrounding ourselves with founders of these wellness companies has really helped us understand where things are going as well. So if something's not on well and good, it's purposeful. It's not that we haven't heard about it. It's just that maybe the enthusiasm for it hasn't caught up with the science, for example. Mm -hmm. The CBD world is a little bit like that, I would say. You know, Mm -hmm. this is something that our, our team spends a lot of time thinking about because it is everywhere right now. And there's so much confusion and misinformation that it really makes sense to sort of like bide our time and figure that out. Like when a we, thoughtful approach. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like wellness thoughtfulness is really needed in yeah. our culture right now. It's so true. And we really believe that like making things easy to add to people's lives, that's the plus sign in well and good, adding wellness to your life can really bring about small changes or big changes. There's so much. Did you grow up in like a wellness-minded household? Like kind of mixed. Yeah. Yeah. My mother was a child psychologist, really psychologically minded. My dad just retired from like a career in medical education, was a dean, and they were very like into gestalt and had like group in our living room. Yeah. And I had to like be in my bedroom and not peek through the door, but I totally did. (laughs) And I remember they got divorced when I was about six or seven. And then I could finally have cereal that came in a box and bread that wasn't made at home. So my dad was super health nutty and my mom was like, now you can have Your Captain like, Crunch. I don't have the time. For yeah, exactly, exactly. And my stepmom is a huge inspiration to me too. She's an MD who did like family practice, like heart and soul medicine, and um, then went on into palliative care and like ran a hospice until she retired recently. Wow. So I am Amazing kind of, work is being done in your family. I I know, I know. I'm really really lucky. And then I myself, I went into psychoanalytic training while I was working at a magazine, and I have six years of psychoanalytic training. Wow. So I saw patients on a couch for a long time, too. So. I have so many questions. For <laughs> like, should we start with your childhood? Episode. And then I'm going to call your mom and ask her about my <laughs> kids' issues. <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> he won't stop biting his nails. <laughs> I have a good source for you. So mm-hmm. what's happened in the last like six months to a year that has really shifted the, the face of well and good? Mm-hmm. A lot has happened to shift the face of well and good. In the past year, we've launched a a couple ways to really engage with our community. You know, that you cannot hug the internet and our readers really wanted more from Well and Good. So we really wanted to give them more touch points for for Well and Good and for us to really take wellness offline in the real world more. So a couple ways we did that was to launch Well and Good Talks. So that's our monthly thought leader panel series. Right now it's monthly here in New York, and we could see that expanding. But those are always sold out and always on these amazing topics that I would say are like trend setting slash like niche. So for people who want to dive deep into what are some of topic. the What are some of the topics? Biohacking for women as a next frontier of women's health. Mm-hmm. And that one was probably the buzziest. Elisa Vitti, who's one of the Well and Good Council members um, and a women's health expert, wrote a great book. It's called Woman Code on like hacking your menstrual cycle. It taught women at the end how to hack their orgasms. 
that mm. ended with a, a high note, that panel. <laughs> no pun. <laughs> yeah, that was that. If she could just come to wrap up every panel for us, that would be great. Right. That was probably, um, yeah, that was a good example of like our out there thinking. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a cool thing that you guys are doing because to your point, you can't hug the internet. And I feel like especially with wellness, there's such an irony and a kind ah. of antithetical experience in sitting on your device and reading about all of these things that you're supposed to be doing to be well. And reality is you really should turn off your device and take a walk outside. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're now offering people the opportunity to step away a little bit yeah. from that kind of tech experience and, you know, go find a hug or go find an <laughs> orgasm hack and person like that's 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 and find each other too so we find that people who come to well and good talks are like looking around the room and you know like making new friends and and we also launched well and good retreats and we really saw that Um, our first one was this past march in palm springs and our readers came on a wellness retreat with us how many people it was just over 30 on the first one um and it was amazing you know we thought that women would come because they wanted our curated experience was it all women Actually, it was. We didn't know if it would be or not. Mm -hmm. No. Men are invited. Men are invited. Ah, Men can buy a ticket to the next one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Yeah, the Well and Good Retreats right now have been another way that people can really find like-minded people offline who care about some of the same things they do. And it was such a diverse group of women community means a lot of things in our business and it's we just don't think with wellness it's enough to do it online so Mm -hmm. you know we really want to be a powerful in real life community too and honestly it fuels me to spend time with our readers Um, i can imagine i i love i moderate a lot of the well and good talks um and i really just enjoy being among the readers and then yeah you need that feedback yeah i mean yeah so important absolutely yeah yeah so let's talk about the business side of it for a second because i mean obviously there's been tremendous growth you and alexia have been work wives for however long at this point about the same amount of time that zoe and i have but like how did you know you wanted to start the business together that's a great question. I think, I don't know, if we thought, let's start a business together at the time when we met at the magazine and then the magazine folded around the time that, you know, the economy told magazines to go away. <laughs> they were too expensive um, in 2008. Alexia and I were freelancing and it was just like not a very satisfying time to be doing that. And I think we both thought, well, hey, let's give this a go because, you know, this the stakes were, were pretty low and our interest and in the white space was pretty high. So I think I, I think we were colleagues for sure. I wouldn't say that we were friends. We became friends slash family as you do when you build something, a brand together. But yeah, I don't think the decision was to just start with Gusto. Again, also we are journalists, not business people. Mm-hmm. So I think you know we had to sort of convince ourselves that the mission and um, the objective was going to have legs Mm -hmm. before we really gave it an official name. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's kind of, that's pretty organic. That's how it happens. I think it's, there are certainly the the factions that say, okay, let's just do this and here's our plan and let's go for it. But I think, you know, for it to happen organically like that and be successful is wonderful because that really means that it's it's really authentic at its core. It's Mm -hmm. like you both have these aligned visions that have really helped, you know, each other sort of grow and, and blossom over the course of this amazing ride. I think, you know, at some point we had to sort of divide and conquer, you know, who's going to do the business side, who's going to do the content side. And her brain did lend itself much more to creating a sales program and running the business development for Well and Good. 
good. And I think that um, the strength of her like ability to like solve problems for businesses and think a little bit more operationally really, really served us well. In any case, Alexia's journalistic background, she has a, a master's from Columbia Journalism School. I think like that's a really atypical skill set for somebody in her role um, as the CEO and now GM of a larger wellness and fitness group that we are a part of that love to tell you about. The big event? The big event, yeah. So Well and Good was acquired by The Leaf Group, which is a public company. They're really strong in marketplace and media. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Big effing deal. Huge, huge deal. Huge opportunity um, for wellness in America, we believe, because Well and Good will now have a sister publication, um, Livestrong.com. And Alexia and I are overseeing both of those brands as well as an app. It's a nutrition and food planning app called MyPlate that just won a Webby. Oh, so very cool. now we have an amazing fitness and wellness portfolio of sites that gives us the largest audience in women's lifestyle media about well yeah so in the wellness front thank you awesome. yeah. wow you have joined the ranks so of some very impressive i mean live strong obviously huge huge um, huge and yeah. very different i mean they're reaching the person of course they're strong on the coasts like everyone but they're really reaching the people who don't have access to wellness in their hometowns mm-hmm. um, who are streaming videos so they can have access to great workouts and you know ordering healthy food on amazon.com and stuff so we really believe that we can help them do the beautiful job that they're doing and furthering wellness access and helping solve some of the greater health challenges in the country that we would love to have more conversations about, frankly. Yeah. How many people are you reaching a month? So how many people are reading Well and Good every month or week? Or how do you how do you measure? Comscore measures for us. That's like the standard measurement tool used by media organizations. And, um, well, collectively with LiveStrong, we now reach about 34 million monthly. That's, That's a lot amazing. of people. It's a huge That's, Oh, my gosh. You guys oh, could, God. like, really swing some elections. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Let's get behind it. Let's start now. Start planning. We have time. That Sounds is, good. Yeah. Um, so what was, that, what was that process like for you? Like, did you guys, how did this all come to be? Was it just time or what, what was the sort of deciding factor in, in going this direction? Yeah, I think, you know, we were a bootstrapped company and we always felt like someday we might need investment um, that, you know, at some after a while, we stopped having those conversations because we got to a place where we didn't you know, necessarily need the investment because we'd built this brand. Advertisers loved us. Our readers loved us. But I think, you know, as media changes, there are some access to data and access to tools that are really like boring to hear about unless you're on the business side. But like they they're really foundational necessities for someone in media business. So, you know, that started to be really tantalizing for us and aligning with a brand or being part of a bigger media group that would give us access to data and insights and engineers and technology, just a better experience Mm -hmm. um, as a media company because scale was the one thing and access to those things that I just described. Those were the two things we were missing with Well and Good um, to... To really have them now means that we can do so much more, and um, we're really, really excited. So, well and good will remain well and good, and you know, live strong will remain what it has been, and and get to its next level too. Mm-hmm. So. That's amazing. I would say typically when one is acquired, 
you know, their roles and responsibilities are sort of, you know, diluted or kind of slowly taken away, I would venture to say. <laughs> and it sounds like you're having the opposite experience, which is amazing, right? It sounds like you've been given sort of more. We've been given more. Yeah. 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 To play with, which is very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. It is. And it's, you know, it's a responsibility that we're taking incredibly seriously right. yeah. and doing, you know, a lot of back and forth trips to um, our parent company in Santa Monica now. Okay. They're just lovely people who truly believe in creating great brands. And I think that's, that's so nice. the purpose that, that we right. serve for them to and really it's help. A huge testament to you guys that you are actually, to Zoe's point, being handed more as opposed yeah. to kind of diluted and shifted away. Yeah. Um, so good that's for impressive. you. Where do you see yourself in, like, five years, personally, and the brand? I mean, where do you want to take it, and mm-hmm. how are you going to be involved, or will you continue to be involved? Yeah, I have to be. I have to be involved. No, this is, like, this is why I'm here on planet Earth. On the planet? <laughs> yep. It yeah. gets me up, and how I know this is, like, it gets me up with, like, a certain ease and, like, tear in my eye at some moments, you know, like, that I can help make an impact. Yeah. Um. Like, that's, I think, what I was trying to do when I was in psychoanalysis. I was mm. trying to help people. That was a one-on-one opportunity. Now I can now you're help reach 34, 34 million. million, yeah, every month. And and then I feel like there are conversations when I go to some of the um, more, like, public health conferences or, um, like, Milk in Future of Health um, conference. I mean, there are people who are working day-to-day on, like, the opioid epidemic and the obesity epidemic. And on that level, that conversation. I think needs to have more of a bridge to the people that I get to interact mm-hmm. with every day. Absolutely. 100%. Like the Gen X and the Gen Y and the Gen Z who like care about spending their money with companies doing the right thing. I feel like help is on the way from mm-hmm. the generation that's coming up now and valuing these things and they're going to help solve some of these bigger problems. They have to. I th- yeah. And I think that's actually a really interesting point, though, that you just raised about, you know, you're talking with Generation X, Y, and Z because I think so much of what is out there in this sort of general market place, maybe more specific to like fashion and fitness, seems to skew very much toward millennials, which is mm-hmm. obviously not a bad thing. They're a huge consumer population. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's an interesting and smart approach to kind of try to reach this a much broader audience because there are plenty of people in their 40s, 50s and beyond. And, you know, the fact that they're coming to these retreats is is excellent because that means that, you know, you're you're having an impact on the, the sort of a much broader audience because as much as, you know, millennials and, and Y and Z need and want and spend on these certain things, there are generations that actually would benefit, I think, far greater because we've had not as much access in the past. There's work to do there, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot. And the topics that feel like on some level have been kind of in the shadows, whether it's about mental health or whether the mm-hmm. opioid addiction or even what you're talking about with, you know, the, the orgasm conversation or the menstrual cycle and things that have been, you know, taboo, certainly on a generational level. Right. These are things that we need to talk about because when you can identify that there's something that needs attention and addressing, it benefits everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing those conversations crack wide open. The Like the veil has totally dropped, like the mental health conversation. So many people are struggling, you know, with high functioning depression or low level anxiety or, you know, I just feel like that is a spectrum of health and wellness that just needs to be folded into how we yes. think about it. Yeah. yeah. And let's take like the shame out of it. Right. It yeah. I mean, I was be... like just yeah. recently given the language to sort of understand what I was experiencing. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, postpartum anxiety. That's what that is. Right. right. And that's thank kind of you like a new for, thing. Yeah. Like, yes. Thank you for giving me that word. I can move on now. It's just so interesting that also 
all of these wellness companies are being led by women. I'm just yes. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Which there is are a very, lot. There are a lot. Yeah. Not all of them, but yeah. there are certainly a lot. Right. There aren't enough. Yeah. But it's going in the right direction. Yeah. And for a long time, actually, Alexi and I would count how many wellness businesses were being led by two women, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Isn't that funny? Our company, yeah. your company, Sakara, there are so many amazing examples. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. And so, on that note, because we spoke with them recently too, and, and they had a similar experience as we did. And I, I'm curious if you had a similar experience in being a twosome to women when you were kind of going out and having these conversations with investors. I think it was just, it was very irritating to them that there were that there were two of the two of us, and that we we sort of occupied this. We overlapped, right? So there was a lot of overlap in skill set. There was this brain trust that that existed, and they, you know, they really wanted to drill down. Like, what? I don't understand. What? How do you divide your roles and responsibilities? Like, what do you do, and what do you do? And, and I, essentially trying to crack. Like, why do you need each other, and why do right. we need? Both why do of we? You? Like, are you redundant? And right. I think that was the kind of message. It was just sort of like, mm-hmm. is there a redundancy here? And were you co-CEOs or did you? We didn't even go type? so far as have those. We types never really of had titles. like a C-suite. They looked at it as a weakness, and we looked at it and experienced it as like an asset and right. a real yeah. positive, um, you know, partnership um, or way mm-hmm. to work together. So I was wondering mm-hmm. how if you got any pushback on that, or how do you guys experience that? I have heard from a lot of founders of like food and beverage and beauty brands and even, you know, when thinking about well and good, how um, the investor will say, my wife loves you. Mm -hmm. She reads you all the time Mm -hmm. or she knows that product. She uses it all the time. So like they're. The male investors are getting their information from their wives, so like you better hope that she knows you and loves you because oh, yeah. that's that gonna every time we have yeah that I've heard that a lot yeah. um, and I find that to be like sort of troubling um, right well it's sort of <laughs> as a, a backhanded compliment because it's basically like I haven't bothered to do my homework and to make my own decision but you know lady over here in the corner is going to vouch for you so that's good enough for me I don't know it feels like it's it somehow takes a little bit away so where do you think I mean you have this amazing view point uh, being able to zoom out and really see this whole category and industry very holistically. Where do you think things are going in general for wellness and what do you feel like is kind of going to fall by the wayside? Mm -hmm. I think some of the things that we're struggling with right now are still going to get a lot bigger. I think like the mental health piece. And I think Yeah, I think that the ways that that unfolds won't just be in stress reduction or foods for helping. I think it'll also be in how we manage technology and think about our relationship with technology and are we using it well or addictively. And and we are not. Yeah, I think we need some help with that. And so, I, you know, I'll be really curious to see, um, you know, what our team says when we're just now starting to put together our wellness trends for next year, which we're doing them all year long, we're always looking for these things that are... And they're always totally spot on, by the way. I feel you, we like work, I'm, yeah. We go back and look at it a year later and you're like, <laughs> shit, they were totally right, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and to some degrees, like some things are much bigger than others, right? But that's the variety we like to add. It's sort of like here on this macro level versus this like little micro level. Like not everybody's going to care about that mushrooms have taken off, but a lot of us do. So yeah, I think the mental health piece, I think ingredients like CBD are really going to... I mean, that has just been such a powerful 
powerful story being told so many different ways right now, whether the legality question, what it can really do, getting more science there, getting it approved, you know, as a drug versus a wellness product or a beauty product. So I think there's going to be so much happening there. So I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I think like purpose-driven concerns, whether they're purpose-driven companies or being involved in you know, political activism or being part of social change, I think that's becoming a huge part of yeah. wellness now. Um, and there's so much percolating like on the socio-political side of it and where the little Venn diagram comes in with wellness is really starting to happen. More voices also, more diverse voices in wellness. I think there's a lot, a lot to do there and it really, really heartened to see that happening and helping drive that. I mean, I really think we have a lot to do to sort of support those things that are happening in American culture too. So those are are some of the things that I see happening now that are just going to get bigger. That's exciting. I'm noting it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So a little time capsule right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Squirrels. So maybe on the fun and fashion side, like I'm kind of waiting for the sneakerhead revolution for women. I feel like that could happen Mm -hmm. on the fashion front. We had our printed legging revolution. <laughs> and But the boys still get all the sneaker attention and love. And I think there's a lot more um, targeting women in that. Agreed. And, and like, what a huge industry that is. Oh, my God. It is just like insane, mm-hmm. the sneakers. I, sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. I have room in my closet for more. <laughs> okay. So let's transition to something a little bit lighter. Sure. Yes. <laughs> what do you do? What is your routine? How do you stay healthy and well and sane in this it is a world. It is a multi-pronged approach. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a lot of things. Right now I can tell you what I'm up to. I um, am trying to meditate every day. And that keyword there is trying. Guided or not? Some of it is like most of it is guided. Favorite actually. app? Um, I actually Handful. work with a coach who is also a profound healer and a longtime meditator or whatever. So it's his voice that I okay. hear. He gave me like a like a 10-minute one. If I can get that 10-minute one done, mm-hmm. nice. I feel like it takes part of the annoying like perfectionism away that I can just grab onto like a control freak and all these other things that make whatever's going on in my life even freaking worse. So um, – the meditation really helps, but like it doesn't really come naturally to me. I'm like one of those super busy mind ladies. So yeah. it's de- Does it come naturally to anyone? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I feel like that's why the guided works for me, though. Yeah. The guided yeah, I meditation. I like the guided. Yeah. Yeah. And I like music, too. I mm-hmm. like to have a little bit of that white noise. Somehow it feels like it. It quiets whatever else is still noisy for me in my head. Mm-hmm. But I've used all the apps, too. Yeah. Like, I probably still have six of them on my yeah. phone. I like um, to meditation. rotate, though. I, I feel do. like also oh. you got to change it up. You do. You have to change up, like, exactly. The voice. Even just the voice. The voice. Yeah. I, I do like a British accent, I have to say. <laughs> I feel like that helps. Um, I've got some Kiwi apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, when I get up in the morning, I, I try to do this thing of, like, it's going to be a good day because, and I try to think of like one like positive thing, like what could be from the past, but I feel like that just really helps set my head right because my head can go straight to my to-do list and I can reach mm-hmm. for my phone and start hammering out emails before I'm even out of bed. And I know that's bad and wrong, but I sometimes just want to tackle the world that way. I put adaptogens in my coffee uh, because I feel like coffee, pros, cons, whatever, I may as well add some stress-reducing goodness mm-hmm. to that too and help my body help itself out. 
I, do you find that adaptations do they work for you? You know, like I'm doing so many things, like I kind of wonder, but yeah. I'm like, it Hard doesn't to know hurt. what's working. Yeah, right. it is sort mm-hmm. of like I would have to be in my own peer reviewed study of like taking myself <laughs> off everything else to see what the holy basil and ashwagandha are doing for me. Right. Yeah, let's see. I try to work out four or five times a week because that's like as much as I'm humanly possible, like of squeezing in, and even yeah, that is really, really hard. Um, so I have to do things to just, yeah, take the edge off. All right. I think you're doing pretty good. So I've just been noticing, you know, there seems to be like in the wellness world, in the content world, everyone is kind of folding in this kind of cosmic Mm. arm, right? Like there's this astrological thing happening, this theme that I'm seeing everywhere. And right. Are you finding that? I don't know if I'm noticing it now because I feel like I'm wired that way. So I feel like that's been a part of my own sort of experience for a long time. I'm very aware of my own astrological place and identity yeah. um, as it's tied to how I feel. But so. I feel like it's coming up a lot more in mm. like in the top nap bar like, of like yeah. many wellness platforms. Media is catching up with Erica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm you... an old soul. <laughs> like, what is that? What's happening there? Do you have any interest in doing that? Do you guys explore that? We have an astrology columnist who writes about the intersection of wellness and astrology. And once a week, she gives us our download for for the week. Um, She's also like a Duke grad. She's like super smart and cerebral also. So I do think people see it as a part of their wellness now. I do think people think about other forces that are influencing their happiness and well-being. And horoscopes isn't just about relationships anymore. It's about a tool for Mm self-awareness. So I I think it's really – it just adds like another dimension, right? It mm -hmm. has to do with your general frame of mind and – I, I don't know. I find it fascinating. Yeah. I don't think it's all woo-woo. I do think that there's real, there's really something substantial there. I do think there needs to be a line in wellness, though, between, like, what we can't prove in a lab mm-hmm. scientifically and, you know, what is an ancient science and being really declarative and specific about those things. We are really concerned when things just go completely crazy without like explanation or when things become ungrounded because I think like at the end of the day we all are smart thinking women hanging out with other smart thinking women and we just want that to be like top of mind yeah it's good to lead with that I think yeah like we're not like into the jade eggs for example <laughs> okay. that's just no not... jade eggs in your gin yeah that's like yeah none here either <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> all right all right well I just wanted to get your take on that yeah Okay, so let's talk about your fantasy dinner party. Who are you bringing? Who's invited? What are you making? What are you ordering in? Um, oh, gosh, a fantasy dinner party includes, like, some people present and past. Yep. Um, I'm kind of like a literary person in a lot of ways. So, like, I was like, I want Virginia Woolf there. Mm-hmm. And, okay. then, and then I want David Bowie and Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and... Angela Davis would be great. And else? I feel like John Foley of Peloton. I would want him there. I think, you know. Got a yeah. Peloton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You liking? I've used it once. Okay. Don't just hang your clothes on it. So we get on that thing. <laughs> I actually bought it as a gift for my husband. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Peloton guy. Okay. That's an interesting I'm just one. like, I'm interested in people who are just like moving culture forward and, at, you know, and I think like Peloton's a really great example of 
you know, we took our dustiest equipment in the basement and like made it hot and exciting. You'd want to put it in your living room and, and connect with other people and disrupted, disrupted, disrupted a disruptor, <laughs> disrupted a disruptor, which yeah. is all the yeah. cycling studios. I mean, yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what's everybody eating? I really like to cook, but I'm kind of a little bit like my own chopped contestant. Like I kind of look in the fridge or go to the farmer's market and I'm like, and this is what I'm making with all these diverse ingredients. Um, Junk salad is totally acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Kitchen sink salad. Kitchen sink, yeah. I I started making a watermelon salad this way, like chunks of watermelon. And I don't really like salad dressing. So I got arugula and, and watermelon and I soaked um, like some jalapenos in some lime juice. And like that was the dressing. Oh, my God. Um, and I've done it oh, with grapefruit juice good. too, actually. I grapefruit would also fruit, yeah. put that in a blender with some tequila. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. <laughs> All of those things. All of those. Arugula yeah. too. Oh, my God. That's yes. amazing. So like arugula, avocado, watermelon, and the dressing is just like grapefruit juice with jalapenos soaking oh in God. it. Oh, my God. And actually that recipe is going to be in the Well and Good Cookbook, oh, which nice. is launching next year. Cookbook Whoa. next year. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Late breaking hand claps. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to talk to you ladies about some of your go-tos. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Great. 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 Massage some recipes. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Thank you so, 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 so much for being here. We're so happy to see you again and just like reminisce about the old times. I yeah. like being the godmothers of wellness. I think I think that's a true name we should just like put on the little nameplate, you know, yeah. on the front of our desk. And yeah, yeah not girl boss, but godmother of wellness. I love I like it. it. It's a little bit yeah. more authoritative. And, you know, I'll make you guys a plaque. Thanks for listening to Highway to Well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Highway to Well Podcast. Or if you have more time to hang out with us, check out our product reviews, send us your ideas for guests or topics. And learn more about our guests at highwaytowellpodcast.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app.